everyone. Welcome to the next edition of Airing It Out, Files from Leahy's Broadcast Booth. Hello, everyone. John Leahy with you. Thanks so much for being with us this week and every week on the podcast. Uh, Before I go any further with this week's episode, I would like to thank my guest from last week, the longtime radio voice of Vermont Sports, Jack Healy. Uh, Jack was uh, gracious enough to spend some time with us last week. We talked about uh, his experiences as uh, a venerable play-by-play voice up in Vermont. And uh, Jack has done uh, many great games over his career. The uh, voice of Vermont hockey, Vermont basketball, Vermont Lake Monster baseball. And it was really fun having a chance to reminisce with Jack. And that episode is available as are all the episodes we've done here on the podcast. So feel free to uh, check it out and uh, please consider subscribing also to the podcast as uh, we are available on Apple, Spotify, and geez, pretty much every place uh, podcasts are heard. So um, please feel free uh, to uh, check out any previous episode that uh, has been done. We've had a lot of fun here on the podcast. We've had a lot of great guests, and that is going to continue. Uh, today on the podcast, I uh, was hoping to speak with the longtime uh, manager of the Southern Illinois Miners Baseball Club, Mike Pinto. Uh, Mike and I had uh, talked, and uh, I was hoping that uh, Mike could join us this week on the podcast. However, unfortunately, something came up. Uh, and uh, Mike was unable to join us this week. Um, I've uh, reached out to Mike and uh, asked if he could uh, be with us next week. So uh, hopefully uh, we will be able to work it out so Mike can join us. But uh, we have uh, some great guests coming up on the podcast. I'll talk a little bit about that at the end of today's episode. And so without a guest this week, I thought I would just get you kind of caught up on uh, what's going on with me and also what uh, is going to be happening in the future, as I have some things planned that uh, are pretty exciting, and I'd like to get right into it. Uh, There are a few things uh, career-wise that I'd like to touch on. There's also something uh, in my personal life uh, that I'd like to touch on, and Uh, Basically, uh, I'd like to extend some thoughts on Alzheimer's disease and kind of raise awareness uh, for this just awful disease. And, you know, it's hit home for me, and, you know, my dad is uh, struggling with it right now, and uh, I'll talk more about that as we move along uh, here in the episode. I don't think it's going to be a very long episode this week, uh, probably uh, shorter than what I usually do. And uh, But there are some things that I'd like to touch upon, and uh, so I'll get right into it. Uh, what I'd like to do is uh, just talk a little bit about uh, the career update uh, in my life and uh, what I'm planning on working on uh, in the near future and hopefully in the long-term future. Uh, first of all, I'll start by saying that college hockey is back underway, and that's very exciting for me uh, as uh, I haven't done a game uh, since last February uh, with Merrimack. And the uh, college hockey season actually got underway last weekend with uh, some teams being in action. And uh, I'm excited to say Merrimack is back, and uh, I'm going to be there on Saturday night as the Warriors get set to take on Sacred Heart from the Atlantic Hockey Association. Uh, The Warriors season actually begins 
on Thursday night in Providence, Rhode Island. The Warriors will take on the Providence Friars, a game that will be televised uh, all through New England on the New England Sports Network with my good friend Mike Logan on the call for Providence. And uh, unfortunately, we uh, will not be traveling on the road this season. Uh, We... uh, We'll be doing the home games, uh, as we did last year, however, and uh, so that'll obviously be 50% of the schedule, but, um, you know, starting uh, back up with Merrimack is special. You know, my my career has kind of taken a downward turn in terms of, uh, you know, play-by-play opportunities with baseball being uh, off the table, and... uh, you know, with hockey having somewhat of a reduced schedule now, I'm really looking forward to the games that I will be doing. Uh, I'll touch on some extra hockey work that I've picked up as well, but I'll start by just talking about college hockey here a little bit. As uh, the season began last weekend, it was so uh, fun to be able to track games again, and there were a bunch of teams that were in action. I'll just kind of quickly recap uh, what went on. Uh, in Hockey East last week. It all began with the Army-Providence game on Saturday at Schneider Arena, a game uh, which saw Providence win 7 to nothing, And uh, the Friars really looked good, really looked good. They uh, controlled that game against Army from beginning to end. And uh, Merrimack will have their hands full, certainly when they get down to Providence on Thursday night. Uh, but uh, Army uh, came into that game uh, with some possible questions in goal as, as they're trying to sort things out down there at West Point. And I know Brian Riley has options. He's got the three goaltenders in the mix there. But uh, Providence was able to come away with a, a big 7 and nothing win, and that set the tone for the rest of the weekend. Uh, UConn and Sacred Heart played at the Excel Center in Hartford, and it was a game that uh, UConn won by a score of 6-3. to three. Really close game through 40 minutes. It was a 3-3 tie uh, through two periods. And then uh, UConn scored to go ahead in the third 4-3. And they added a couple of empty net goals. But I was paying close attention to that game uh, because Sacred Heart is on our schedule coming up on Saturday. That's the game I'll be doing with Mike Macknick at Merrimack College, and uh, so it was a a nice win for UConn to start the season, and uh, I know Mike Cavanaugh will have that team uh, up and ready to play, and they certainly were on Saturday. A couple of other games uh, that we uh, tracked this weekend, Northeastern got off to a good start with an on-league win over Bentley by a score of 4 to nothing. I think the big story there was uh, Devon Levi, who got into the game for Northeastern, and we were hoping to see him last year. Uh, but injuries got in the way, and of course he's a he's a blue chip prospect for the Northeastern Huskies, and uh, he couldn't have had a better start as he uh, shut out Bentley by a score of uh, four to nothing in goal. So a uh, nice start for the Huskies. Uh, UMass Lowell had to fly out to Arizona to start the season, and the Riverhawks played a couple of games out there. They lost on opening night five three in Tempe, Arizona, and then bounced back on Sunday with a 4-2 to win. So I know Norm Bazan had to be happy with uh, picking up a couple of points out in the desert. Arizona's a tough place to win. You know, that's a program that has come a long way in a short amount of time. Greg Powers has, has done a terrific job out there. And a uh, good test for UMass Lowell to open up the season. A pair of two-goal games, a loss on Saturday, and then a victory on Sunday. And... Uh, the big story in Hockey East, I think, that we all watched was UMass. Uh, UMass uh, raised the banner 
to the roof of the Mullen Center on Saturday. And uh, things didn't go too well. Minnesota State uh, pick up, picked up a 2 to nothing victory over the Minutemen. A lot of excitement in the building. And uh, Greg Carville was interested to see how UMass would respond. And uh, they were unable to get uh, anything uh, going offensively, losing 2 to nothing on Saturday. And then Sunday was a real gut punch for UMass as they had a 3 nothing lead over Minnesota State in the uh, second period. Uh, Minnesota State scored to get on the board late in the second. Then they scored five unanswered goals in the third period. So uh, certainly not the way UMass wanted to start their weekend, defending their national championship. And I think what is troublesome for the Minutemen is they don't play this coming weekend. So they're going to have a long time to kind of stew over what happened. But uh, UMass, uh, when they get uh, going with their next couple of games against AIC, I think that uh, they will, you know, correct the mistakes that, that were made, and uh, uh, I think they're going to bounce back. But they'll have their hands full with AIC, too, uh, which they are certainly one of the top teams in Atlantic hockey. But uh, kind of a tough start for UMass, losing a couple of games uh, on uh, to Minnesota State. The uh, 3-0 and 6-3 losses. And there were some exhibition games on Saturday. Maine got started. Uh, with an exhibition game against Quinnipiac, and they lost that one 7 nothing. Uh, Boston College had a home game against AIC, and uh, they beat AIC by a score of 4-1. to uh, BU knocked off Holy Cross 6-1. to They gave up the first goal of that game and then scored the last six. And a nice win for Vermont in uh, preseason hockey over the weekend as they beat Mercyhurst 4-2, uh, to and uh, Mercyhurst scored the first couple of goals in that one, then Vermont scored the last four. So, uh, granted, it's it's an exhibition game, but uh, t- uh, Todd Woodcroft has to feel very good about uh, Vermont's resiliency and uh, the way they were able to come back and win that hockey game, uh, four to two. So, that's what we saw on the first weekend of hockey's play. Now, uh, coming up uh, this weekend, there's some uh, great action. I, I talked about Merrimack opening up down in Providence on Thursday night. I will be there. I, I will uh, be. Uh, scoring the game and, uh, you know, doing some Twitter updates, I think. I plan on going to uh, most, if not all, of the uh, road games. I think the only two, actually, I'm going to miss are the uh, games out at Colgate uh, next weekend. But uh, everything else uh, should work out for me in terms of travel. Um, some other action I'll be watching this weekend. Uh, BU and UConn will play a home-and-home. They'll play Friday night at the XL Center in Hartford with a 7.05 puck drop. And then they'll play at uh, Aganis Arena on uh, Saturday in a 7 o'clock game. Uh, Boston College and Northeastern will be heading out to the DCU Center in Worcester for the Icebreaker Tournament. BC and Quinnipiac will play at 4 o'clock on uh, Saturday. Holy Cross and Northeastern will play at 7.30. Holy Cross sort of the host team there, so uh, they get the privilege of having the late game. And uh, then uh, BC... And Northeastern will be involved in a game two on Saturday of that tournament. A UNH gets going. Uh, the Wildcats will host Union uh, two games, uh, 7 o'clock on Friday. And then again on Saturday, uh, Un- Union and UNH will go at it. Uh, so uh, Merrimack and UNH played a uh, scrimmage up at Whittemore Center over the weekend. And I had a chance to... Uh, listening to Scott Borek as uh, Merrimack had their uh, media meetup today, and 
Uh, Scott was uh, pretty happy with what he saw from the Warriors, so uh, on the big sheet at UNH. But the UNH will start with a union, and uh, Colgate will play at Vermont. That will be a two-game weekend series, and uh, 7.05 both nights there. Maine will fly out to Omaha, Nebraska. They'll play a couple of games uh, out in Nebraska, 8.07 both nights. And uh, Providence will be at AIC on Saturday, and that's going to be a 7.05 faceoff. And, of course, the game I'll be covering on Saturday night will be up at Lotta Rink. It's going to be Merrimack's home opener as the Warriors take on Sacred Heart. And the uh, interesting thing about Sacred Heart is they're playing uh, six consecutive road games against Hockey East to begin the season. They played uh, at UConn, and, uh, now at Merrimack, and, and then they're going to play a couple of games uh, against uh, BU and then a couple of games up in Maine. So uh, talk about hitting the ground running. So uh, great to have college hockey back, you know, and I'm so excited to – to be a part of it uh, once again. This is my 17th season coming up at Merrimack, so it's great to have the game back and uh, wishing all the luck in the world uh, to the 11 teams in Hockey East and also all the teams around the country. That brings me to uh, another point about my career update in terms of broadcasting. I have uh, some exciting things planned, and uh, one of the big things that I'm working on now is actually setting up my own internet radio station. And I really can't wait to get this project off the ground. I think that the uh, sky is the limit with this stuff. Internet is the way that uh, the industry is moving now. You know, uh, AM radio is becoming obsolete, you know, even FM. it's great for people driving around in the cars, but the utility of internet broadcasts have skyrocketed. And I think that uh, this is a good time to explore this and uh, get this going. I'm very close to pulling the trigger on this. I think that uh, maybe by the end of the week I will have this set up. And uh, I'd like to use it for play-by-play for the most part, but there are so many things you can do. You're in, you're in control. I mean, basically, you're, you're your own boss. You can set your own hours. Uh, you can uh, you can do games, you know, and uh, I think that uh, this is a very, very exciting thing. So uh, I'm going to keep you posted on uh, what is happening uh, with this Internet radio station. I have the uh, Internet uh, company all picked out, and uh, it's uh, just a question of, uh, you know, financing this and uh there's a couple of options for me to consider in, in that regard, but uh, we are very close. This is very, very close, and I think it's going to happen by the end of the week, and uh, I'm very excited about uh, the possibility of starting my own internet radio station, and uh, the application of it is uh, going to be t- to be determined, but I have some specific ideas about how this is going to work in terms of a play-by-play and, uh, and other areas, so... Uh, Be on the lookout for that, and I'll be making an announcement once that has been launched. And as I said, it uh, may happen by the end of this week. So that's uh, what's happening in terms of the uh, play-by-play aspect and the sports broadcasting aspect. Um, I have also, of course, been working on narration and and audio books. That is another thing that I've become deeply involved with. I actually built a, a home studio here with my wife. 
and uh, I'm I'm recording this podcast as I do all my podcasts here in the home studio. But uh, I completed an eight-week course in uh, audiobook narration. It was the audiobook adventure was the name of it, and it was expertly taught by Elise Arsenault and Justin Mara, who was the sound engineer uh, from the Tree Cave, which uh, is the uh, name of the studio that uh, Justin works in, and, and they were good enough to help me with my demo reel, which I have up on my website now, my narration audio reel, and you can find that at johnrlahey.com. And uh, I, I'm in kind of a holding pattern a little bit with audiobooks now because the computer I use uh, in conjunction with that work has been in the shop for the last couple of weeks, and it's actually turning out to be kind of a long, drawn-out process. Uh, there was a battery issue with it, and uh, now they're installing updates, and it's taking forever uh, for them to get these updates uh, installed. So. But I think we're very close to, to having this uh, computer back, and uh, once it does come back, I'm eager to get back into narration again. And uh, Of course, my big goal with audiobooks is to narrate the three books that I've written and uh, put them on my website for sale, because I want to get these books back in the mainstream. When I wrote them... Um, you know they were they were out there they were on sale and the the publishing company went out of business and I've kind of lost track of where they are in the world today so I think the best way to resurrect the audio books uh, the books that I've written is to is to get them uh, on um, audio books and get them up on the website for sale so uh, that's another thing I'm working on and uh, you know obviously. I would love to uh, narrate an audiobook or several audiobooks uh, down the road. So that is still very much on the table and uh, something that I am continuing to pursue. Another aspect of my life that uh, I'm working on right now is, is music. Um, I have a gig coming up on Halloween Sunday, October 31st. And uh, any listeners here who are local, uh, if uh, you'd like to check it out, it's in, uh, it's at Bridget's, an Irish tradition. It's going to happen on Sunday, October 31st from 1 to 4 p.m. And uh, the live gig is sort of in conjunction with an Irish parade, a Halloween parade, I guess, uh, to be more precise. Uh, they're having a uh, parade that will march uh, down Route 123. Uh, down toward Bridget's, and I will be there at 1 o'clock to start with the music uh, once the parade ends. So I'm really trying to publicize this as well as uh, uh, publicizing it on Bridget's website, uh, which is actually more of a Facebook page. Uh, Bridget's Irish Tradition is the name of the Facebook page, and if you've never been to Bridget's, it's on Route 123 in Norton, and uh, it is off of 495. It's only a few minutes off of Interstate 495. So I've played there before, and uh, I was graciously invited back by uh, Lorraine Mulligan-Ryan, who's an old uh, classmate, so to speak, of mine. She was a couple of years ahead of me in high school, but uh, her mother actually uh, runs the, the store. And it's a great store. It's, it's an Irish uh, store that specializes in things like uh, Irish merchandise, Irish clothing, I believe they have some Irish food there. Uh, they also may sell some music. Uh, it, it's just a, it's a wonderful, wonderful thing that they do there to help preserve Irish culture. And the history between Halloween and Ireland 
is is really really something it's it's very very significant so they asked me to come down and play just to kind of celebrate that halloween type heritage and so i'm going to be proud to do that on sunday october 31st from 1 to 4 p.m at bridget's an irish tradition and i uh, also have an open mic coming up down the road, and uh, I guess I should probably pursue more open mics, uh, but the common place that I go is Area 23, which is located in Concord, New Hampshire. They have open mics every Wednesday night. I was just there a few weeks ago, and I'm going to be be back there on the 15th of December, and uh, that is when I do my holiday show up there and uh, play some Christmas tunes, and uh, it's a wonderful, wonderful place. It's up I-93 in Concord. And uh, it's only a couple of minutes off the highway, as a matter of fact. But it's been a favorite place of mine to go. It's not exactly right around the corner. It's about 100 miles uh, to get up there and back. But, uh, you know, it's worth it. See good friends and play some music and have some great times. And uh, one of the things I'm really excited about uh, playing out is uh, the opportunity to use a piece of equipment that I bought down in uh, New York City. It's called the Zoom V3 Vocal Processor. And what that does is it modifies your voice in multiple different ways. And one of the cool things about it is that it allows you to create three-part harmonies with, uh, your, with, with your vocals. So uh, you determine what key you're playing the song in, and then there's a, a little dial on the uh, processor itself, and you can set the uh, processor to whatever key you're singing in, and then you can generate three-part harmonies. Now, if you follow me on Facebook, uh, you have probably already seen a few of the uh, things that the processor can do. I've, I've, I've already recorded some songs on the processor using the... Uh, V3. So uh, that's been an exciting thing that I've been practicing with, and I'm going to take it with me on the road. And uh, it's a few extra minutes of setup, but it really is worth it. So I'm going to have it at Bridget's, as a matter of fact, and I may play outside if the weather is good. But uh, I'll also have it at Area 23, and uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. So, uh, and if any other open mics pop up, I'll make sure and publicize it. I try to uh, keep up with that on the website as well. But uh, with uh, my computer being in the shop, I haven't been able to do that. So uh, when I get that back, uh, I'll be updating things more frequently. Uh, one other thing I wanted to mention in terms of uh, career updates I picked up some uh, additional hockey broadcasts doing USPHL hockey for the Bridgewater Bandits. They are located uh, down in Bridgewater, Mass. at the Bridgewater Ice Arena, which is an arena that I'm very familiar with because when I was doing high school hockey from 1995 to 2005, I did some uh, games down there for Stoughton High when I was doing uh, games on cable. One of the most memorable games uh, I ever did in uh, high school happened in that arena. It was an overtime game. Stoughton was in the uh, MIAA tournament, and they played Sandwich back in, I believe it was 2003, if I remember correctly. And it was a game that went into overtime, and uh, Sandwich won it by a score of 2-1. to And uh, that was the most memorable game I ever did in that arena. But it's going to be fun for me to go back there and and do about uh, 16 games this winter. And uh, that will help me fill out my hockey broadcasting schedule. And uh, I'm I'm pleased to do it. 
And uh, that's actually going to start on the 20th of October. So, uh, in fact, I have a double header on Halloween. I've got Bridget's uh, from 1 to 4, and then I'm doing a game in uh, Bridgewater that night at uh, 7 o'clock, I believe. So uh, that was great to pull that together. So the fall and winter seem to be uh, falling into place now. And so I look forward to that. So uh, I'll wrap things up here, uh, just spending a couple of minutes uh, talking about uh, Alzheimer's disease, uh, a disease which, unfortunately, I've become all too familiar with as uh, my father is struggling uh, with Alzheimer's disease. He's uh, 83 years old, and he's about four years into the diagnosis. And it's been very difficult to be quite honest, watching the uh, progression of of what's happened with my father and his thinking ability, his cognitive ability, his language ability, and just the inability to uh, put thoughts together and uh, communicate effectively. Uh, When you talk about Alzheimer's, I think the first thing that you realize is you realize the struggle and toll it takes on family members. You know, uh, I have two brothers and one sister, and my mother is the primary uh, caregiver for my father, and she's 81 years old. So uh, it's definitely it definitely puts a strain on, you know, family life. And, and, and I can't stress that enough. And Alzheimer's affects people so many ways physiologically. There are so many things going on. Uh, in terms of how it affects people. I know that one of the things I'm seeing with my dad now is it's affecting his balance. It's affecting his ability to uh, walk, and uh, it's just throwing off his equilibrium. I know he's had issues with stability, uh, you know, trying to keep upright. and So that's another piece to the puzzle. Of course, there is the uh, common... Uh, things that you see with Alzheimer's, with the memory problems. Of course, you have the uh, cognitive problems, the language problems. It's it's re- it really is a multi uh, symptom, if you will, disease, and uh, it, it's it's been a difficult, difficult thing to watch. I think, unfortunately, I've learned more about Alzheimer's in the past uh, four years than I would ever uh, care to learn. But uh, I think one of the things that really makes me sad is that, you know, I think that I don't think, well, I know for a fact that I will never be able to have a quote unquote normal conversation with my dad again. I remember all the times that we did have those conversations, uh, father and son. And now it's just, it, it's impossible to have that. So, you know, I'm I'm comforted, I think, by, you know, the the good times we had in the past and the the way we communicated in the past. And it, it's really tough to see. It's really tough to watch uh, my dad go through this. And it's very, very difficult to see him lose his memory with, you know, the people that he's come into contact with. You know, he's starting to lose his memory for recognition uh, for family members now and, and even close family members you know, forgetting names, and, you know, he has some basic understanding of who we are, but uh, he, he just, the, the the memory for remembering us is, is starting to fade now, and I just, I, I want to just reach out to all the people who have been uh, 
subject to this awful disease. And uh, just I want to let you know that I understand what you're going through, and I understand how the struggle is and, and how difficult it is to manage things. Uh, you know, I got a little bit of comfort by reading Jim Nance's book. Uh, Jim wrote a book in which he talked about uh, his father and uh, what his father went through in terms of the disease. And it really struck a chord with me because I'm seeing the exact same things that uh, that Jim did. And uh, so it's it's just so difficult. And uh, I just I just hope that um, through through God's grace, you know, God can watch over and, and protect my dad and Maybe whoever's listening to this podcast uh, can can also can also offer a prayer, not only to my dad but but to my mom and and to my siblings, uh, that that we can have the strength, you know, to to manage uh, this very very difficult time. And uh, it's there's so many emotions associated with the people that are involved with the person who has the affliction. You know, there's frustration, there's stress, there's anxiety, uh, you name it. And uh, I've I kind of ground myself by thinking that uh, you know it's it's just one day at a time that that's all I can focus on, you know because if you think beyond one day at a time, I think that's where your stress and overwhelm comes in, and I think there's only so much you can manage. And you know Dale Carnegie talked about it in his great book How to Stop Worrying and Start Living. Dale talks about how you have to live. Try to live in day-tight compartments. Worry about what's in front of you, and uh, don't even worry about tomorrow. Just take care of today's business today. And I think that's very, very true when you're dealing with uh, people that have this horrible disease. And uh, it's it, it's tough. It, it's really tough to talk about. It, it's tough to witness, and I know many people have gone through it. We're going through the thick of it right now, and um, I can only hope that, uh, you know, my dad, uh, uh, you know, continues to, to receive the, the prayers and the, and the, uh, the well wishes as, um, you know, we're, we're actually trying to uh, structure the home environment now where, uh, you know, he can be safe and uh, while trying to minimize the disruptions in his life as much as possible. So, um it is a difficult time, and it, it affects me, and I try not to let on, uh, but it, it affects every area of my life, you know, whether it's uh, my ability to do, to do my job, whether it's uh, anything at all. It, it just it is such a pervasive, awful disease, and uh, hopefully uh, someday a cure can be found uh, for this disease, and um, I just want to thank you for allowing me the opportunity to just kind of vent a little bit here on the podcast. I wanted to uh, just raise awareness for this uh, terrible disease. And, uh, you know, that's that's about it. I just uh, I just battle with the helping, and I, I just battle with, uh, you know, all the, uh, all the difficulty. And uh, I just, you know, I just want to be in a position to... Uh, to help my dad and, and, and help my family. And, uh, hopefully, uh, things will, um, well, they won't get easier. I'll tell you, they, they won't get easier. They're, they're going to get a lot tougher before they get easier, but, uh, hopefully God will bless our family and, uh, 
and hopefully he'll give us the strength to get through these challenges as uh, as uh, we battle with um, Alzheimer's. So that is pretty much uh, the update that I wanted to share uh, with you. Uh, I, I also want to let you know that we have some uh, super guests coming up on the podcast. Uh, some people I've talked to that uh, I'm trying to get uh, locked in. Uh, one gentleman is uh, a... Uh, an individual who has started uh, an internet talk show, and uh, his name is Brian Snow. His uh, show is called Snowman in the Morning. Uh, I'm working on getting Brian on the program. Uh, Brian is dealing with some health issues of his own, so uh, it's not always easy to uh, to book him in, but uh, we have talked, and uh, I'm looking forward to getting Brian on in the extremely near future. And... Uh, so you're going to enjoy uh, talking to Brian. He's uh, He is a sports machine, so to speak. Uh, another individual, I, I talked about Mike Pinto at the top of the show. Mike not only is the longtime manager of the Southern Illinois Miners, but he's also got a music career going. He's also got uh, a, a motivational speaker uh, routine, uh, a profession where he counsels Fortune 500 companies and uh, He's also, and the guy eats fire. Yeah, he does. He actually eats fire, physically eats fire, puts fire into his mouth. And so I I really want to talk to Mike about that. And also he's got a a Facebook, new Facebook page called uh, Grandpa in the Kitchen, where he shares uh, Italian cooking uh, recipes. And uh, so I'm really looking forward to having Mike on. Uh, Hopefully we can have him on very, very soon. And another individual I've been talking to is a guy who I worked in the minor leagues with uh, back in 2010. Uh, His name is Gary Griffith. He was the play-by-play voice of the Normal Corn Belters, which was a team in the Frontier League. They played in Normal, Illinois, and they played in a ballpark called the Corn Crib. That's how I met Gary. Gary uh, wrote a book about uh, meandering through the minor leagues as an announcer, and uh, he actually teaches uh, uh, broadcasting. So he's a guy uh, that I know you're going to enjoy. He's based out of South Carolina. So uh, Gary's going to be coming on very soon, and I know uh, you're going to enjoy listening to him. So uh, the goal here on the podcast is uh, to present Fresh content for you every week, and I hope you're enjoying it. Please spread the word, and uh, feel free to subscribe uh, to the podcast. So uh, that is going to do it for this week, and uh, stay with us. Uh, We'll have another great show next week, and uh, we will have a guest next week. I'm working on that. And so uh, I thank you very much for tuning in. You've been listening to Airing It Out, Files from Leahy's Broadcast Booth, My name is John Leahy. Thanks so much, and we will talk to you next week. Mitochondrial disease is a rare multi-symptom disease characterized by breakdowns in the mitochondria, which are specialized compartments that are present in every cell of the body except red blood cells and are responsible for creating more than 90% of the energy needed by the body to sustain life and support growth. A disease most commonly associated with children, currently there is no cure, just management of symptoms. Hugs for Mito Inc. is mitochondrial disease, rare disease advocacy, awareness, fundraising for research trials, and hopefully a cure. To learn more, please visit hugsformito.org.